0: hello hello beautiful people welcome back to now what this is gabriele Zenato, your host and this is a very special episode for me special because the person i'm interviewing is special like every other guest that i had but she has a special meaning to me she was one of the first mentor that i had probably the person that started in me that at least saw in me the fire that i wanted to spread with the word and probably she's a big part of the of this podcast and on the of the start of this podcast so this week i have the pleasure of welcoming Nikki Wudal. Nikki Wuda or aka the zen recruiter <laughs> she works at facebook as a senior recruiter, and she's just wonderful. In this episode, we're going to talk about a lot of things, including mindset, including recruiting, uh, the importance of traveling, and many, many other things. I hope you will enjoy this episode, and I'll see you later.
1: Hello, Nikki. Uh, I think this is one of the if not the uh, one special episode for me. It is a special episode for me because you <laughs> were my first mentor and without you, probably the podcast, the podcast was not going to be here. So thank you and welcome to Now What?
2: Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I'm <laughs> so excited to be here. This is just like, it's so cool when an idea can flourish and come to light. And I know that when we started talking a year ago, it was it was just seeing that you had all these great things that you were like ready to birth. And now it, being a part of this year now, it just, it feels mutually amazing on my end too. So thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> and I remember you're welcome. And everybody's going to appreciate you so much. You, I remember you, you told me, uh, I'm so excited when, when I started, when I was about to start, uh, I'm so excited for you to do that because this is going to be the start of your journey. And after that, after your presence, this is going to be the start. And I really see that. So you knew that from, from a long time ago. And um, yeah, I'm grateful for you, I'm grateful for, for this podcast now. And now, finally, we can do that. You, you, should, you, you uh, would have been like the first or the second episode, but um, uh, <laughs> life went in between. But you, yes.
2: You know, yeah, it happens. <laughs> COVID life, all the things. So um, yeah. better uh, late than never. <laughs>
1: All right, all right. So okay, let's get into it. I want to know a little bit about your background and start from the start from high school, right? Your passion in there. What did you want to do? Uh, what you did in college, and especially the transition into the into the into the real world. Like okay. tackle that.
2: Gosh, this is it's always it's always hard because it's like I do mindset work, so it's like how deep do you go <laughs> with the with the bio? Um, High school is fun to talk about because I've only recently, I'm 36, I've only recently started looking at high school now as being such a pivotal time because it was like 20 years ago for me. Like it's, it's a really long time um, and it's worth examining from this new lens. So in high school, first I'll say, I, I consider myself an introverted ext- or extroverted introvert. That's what I, what I am. So in high school, I was like kind of shy Um, I had this like introvert thing going on that was, for me, I just like never really felt comfortable around anyone, but I still love people. (laughs) So I always had that like love of people and was always around people. And I had a lot of different crews and I was kind of like a chameleon and always friends with like everybody, um, did cheerleading, you know, was a captain of a cheerleading squad and all these different things. But then never really felt like I belonged. So I kind of want to just say that because I know that there's people probably out there that feel like that. So never really felt like I belonged, but kind of just going through the flow, going with the motions of every, like everyone else, you know, like college, you start kind of thinking about what's next. And, but I also now looking back, I realized that I, I didn't really have a voice either so that shy introverted person was actually coming from like a place of like fear a fear of self-expression fear of like really um thinking like any like my opinion even mattered about anything and I'll explain more about later why why I even like think that's important to talk about too but um Mm -hmm. so high school was kind of weird for me just to be honest with you and I was like you know popular kid and like you know and friends with everybody but i just didn't feel good like i wasn't in a place of feeling good really ever um a lot of crazy stuff at home a lot of childhood like just drama with family and everything so going away to college i went to philly i'm from south jersey and then i went to philly was an hour away for university and i have a twin sister so her and i went together to the same college and Hmm. studied um did you know that no i didn't No? Okay. Yeah, I do. I have a twin. So we were doing these things together, but then in college, I really wanted like my own identity and I kind of had to do a lot of unpacking around that too. Um, Studied PR and communications, um, changed majors a couple of times from like broadcast journalism to regular journalism to public relations. So I really felt like I was always drawn to media and communications. And like most people, you think you're gonna come out of that and get a job at like a PR firm or a marketing agency or some kind of like, that's just the the track, at least back then it was. And things just went a different way. Things went a different way because it was right coming up to the the recession. And so I say similar to like now with COVID, like things happen, like every 10 years, there's something that's gonna happen. And um, it was coming up to the recession I got this job with a marketing company, and I was really fortunate that that job fell through because after that, I wound up finding a different job that was much more in alignment with my passion, which was travel. So I, I was one of what the lucky it? ones. So this was with a nonprofit student exchange organization, which uh, was sponsored and designated under the U.S. State Department. So it was very unique. It was very weird and kind of like this unique job that... We, I traveled overseas and recruited international students to work here in the U.S. for seasonal jobs. So it was this like really cool cultural exchange program, at very in line with the stuff I was about, which was like bringing people together, bringing the world together. Um, and yeah, that was, I was really lucky because that turned into, it was supposed to be a summer job and it turned into a seven-year career. Uh, And I kept, I got promoted a couple times and had a team and had all these and traveled to like five continents and like all these different amazing opportunities. But a lot of people aren't so lucky. So I was definitely very fortunate to fall into like a cool job where I was like getting on planes all the time and getting so many skills that I didn't know I was getting like the recruiting. And then I, I was the one finding the jobs for these foreign students. And I had to sell the program to all these like ice cream shops or like, you know like restaurants, hospitality groups, like lots of different um, businesses. So I was getting all this sales experience, I was managing a team and I was traveling abroad to recruit these students and building these great relationships with students all over the world and it was just super super fun but also like very stressful (laughs) and uh, a lot to. I had just basically um, kind of like a nervous breakdown by the end of those seven years though because it was like all the students in that program you were, I was responsible for them while they were here. So for instance, you're from Italy. So you being here, if you were, uh, if we were your sponsor, your sponsoring agency, I would be helping you find housing. I would be um, there if you got into like a bike accident or some sort of like any, any kind of problems at work. Like I was like your go-to person, but I had hundreds of students every season and it definitely led to like major burnout. Um, and just a lot of stress. You don't want to visit students in the hospital that are you know like from bike accidents and, and different things so no, not um, for job
1: at least
2: no not with work and it was 24 7 like when they were here there was no days off it was like you were on call basically for any kind of emergencies and a lot of a lot of crazy emergencies that would come up so finally I was like it kind of had that breaking point and also it was a nonprofit and it paid very poorly so it was like it was like <laughs> I need to make more money and I need to change careers and and just like I'm at my point of needing more growth as well which i think is very normal you most people feel that like itch of like okay it's time to grow it's time to learn new things so i went and got i moved to new york and i just like kind of packed my stuff up and went on a whim to new york knowing there's way more jobs and opportunities in new york than in philly and help you sure
1: yeah. I, just because i know where we're going next and so, yeah. and, so yeah. and so i want to explore a little bit more that 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 particular area of your yeah. life because it's very interesting and as a as a non-profit helping people so you were you were able to travel around the world yeah. Yeah. and so can you g- if you can give me some examples of where did you go and if you had any experience that changed your life while traveling
2: yes yes right yes. Yes. Yeah,
1: and it, that was the first time that you went into recruiting as well, right? So from marketing, from media, you went into recruiting as a first time, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Good job. Um, the travel was was life changing because the countries that we worked with for that program were all developing countries. So it was the program was designed in the 1950s to give uh, to bring the world together, but also to like kind of show the rest of the world that Americans actually welcome in foreign people so like post old cold times. war yeah um the old days <laughs> so, um, so so it was actually like um it, you know everywhere from southeast asia like thailand to romania to russia ukraine to brazil to india i went to india was with a different organization and i i went and um explored uh volunteer projects for this company and i I saw like HIV AIDS clinics and orphanages and lots of different stuff. And that was very life-changing for me. When I got back from India, I was depressed for like three months and I'm not a depressive person. So for me to be very like, just no motivation, deep, deep, deep despair and sadness, uh, just seeing that level of poverty and that level of unfairness in the world for the first time, actually seeing it. Um, that, that shook me to my core and definitely changed me. Um, started unpacking a lot about, uh, just our first world entitlement and how, how grateful we should feel to have just these basic human needs that are met with food, water, shelter, and all these other things, but then also unpacking a lot about what role I want to play in the world, because we all have an opportunity to help, I think, close this gap, to bring, whether it's resources or love or light in some kind of way to, to humans, to people that are suffering. So it really helped me just see and, and feel levels of, of that sadness really just kind of inspired me too, to say, how am I showing up? Who am I showing up for? And I need to, I need to be of service, basically. Like I need a life of service and how do I do that? So that was, that was pretty life-changing. Um,
1: do you remember any, any any particular one episode, one image, and anything that that really was in, impressed in your mind that made you change that? I know there is a, a lot of things going on in, in that decision and in that that thing. Yeah. But do you remember one episode that you can you can tell me about? It, you can choose whatever you want, like in India, Romania, uh, wherever, yeah. Brazil.
2: Well, I think in India there was there's a few in India there was just these slums, like the seeing the slums and all that for your first time. I was at this domestic violence shelter and I saw this girl who was like 13, who was essentially like sold or bar- bar- traded into marriage with this guy who was like over 50. And she was covered in bruises and pregnant with her second kid with this guy. And so she's 13. And she's looking at me and we can't communicate because I don't speak her language, but the level of, it was actually a couple of things I took away from it. It was just like, well, you you have that immediate empathetic kind of reaction of like, whoa, the, this is sad. You know, like this is some serious sad, so any woman that's beat up and covered in bruises, let alone she's a girl like she's 13 years old. She's getting likely like raped by this husband and like pregnant with her second kid. Um, And she's hiding out in the shelter to escape this, this tough life. So, you know, me idealistic, like, like optimistic type of, I was maybe 27 at the time I was like, maybe 26. Um, it was just very jarring from that lens. But the other side of it was just understanding, learning how to control my own emotions. Um, I remember taking away after seeing so much poverty in India, you don't want to impose your first world privilege onto others either, because there is a level of there is a level of understanding that Respect. comes with respecting others where they're at and not putting your feelings onto them, right? So, for instance, you know, you can go to let's say like a small village in Brazil or where I was also, or um, just different different countries and it's easy to look and say like, oh wow, like this apartment is like really crappy that you're living in or, and tiny and like all these, and, and just say like, like kind of like, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for where you're at. And that's something that Americans do when we travel a lot, it's just, it's kind of like just this natural thing. We're just used to more space. We're used to just these, these privileges. So, but it's not fair. It's not fair to necessarily say, to put your stuff onto them. Maybe they're, they're happier than you for all they know, they're feeling bad for you, for all you know.
0: <laughs> so
2: Yes. Yeah. So, so it taught me a lot about that, about empathy, about um, this codependent empathy, where you're trying to like fix people so that you feel better, or you, you want to like save the world so that you can feel good about yourself. Um, just a lot of deeper stuff there. Another one was in Ukraine. Um, I was in Ukraine, and it was winter, and I was with a, it was Valentine's Day, and I remember it because it was just like Holiday and I was with a former student of mine who was on the program the year before and then he knew I was visiting So he picked me up and we went for dinner and he took me actually my luggage was lost So he took me shopping to go find like new clothes and stuff because all my luggage was lost Uh, So he took me to like the mall and We had this valentine's day date and um, I was catching up with him and due to all of the like it was kind of crazy times in ukraine then and 2013-ish. Um, ah, right. Yeah. And he,
1: stuff.
2: Right. Exactly. And he was feeling very, um, he was telling me about his hardships. And that was hard. It was hard to see because he, he was now being like the breadwinner for his whole family. And he was about 19 or 20. He was working at some some shop while he was still finishing university, but his mom couldn't work because of some things and, and he was kind of taking care of everyone. And he was telling me how much he felt basically like a prisoner in his country. And I had similar stories from, from previous students in like Serbia and all, all over the Bosnia. Um,
1: good people, had, very good yeah. people.
2: Yeah, I had, I had a bunch of, where they went home, they had such an, like a thrilling, amazing, life-changing experience in the US, but then when they went back, they, they felt trapped they felt like they were in prison so there is that level of you know when you get to know people in these different countries you see and you have the more authentic real conversations now i am sad now i am feeling like genuine empathy because he's telling me he's upset and he's feeling like a prisoner in his own his own country and he there's no opportunity to get a visa and go anywhere else and he doesn't have any money and i was just like on that that caused a lot of unpacking too so it's like the balance of caring uh, not imposing your your view on others, but then also being a listener. And when you can connect, try to be there for people. And like, what can I learn from it myself? And how can I apply it to my own life? So lot, travel, travel is like my number one tip for if you're in your 20s. Travel is always a number one, especially for Americans who are maybe not, maybe they've done a study abroad, and they had fun in Europe. Um, but, but do some like obscure, and now it's hard with COVID, but things will bounce back soon. Um, but like have these up, off the path, obscure experiences because travel will change you and it will, that job paid me so poorly, but like the, the richness that I got from it and the wealth of experience was, I, I should be paying them still. I should be paying that company because it was so valuable. but And I got so many skills. Like there was like, I didn't know what a recruiter was, a corporate recruiter. I didn't know what that even was. But in this job, it had an element of recruiting where I was interviewing them and, you know, um, going to these job fairs in all these like, you know, Chlebensk, Russia and, and, and all over Bosnia, Croatia and these different places. Moldova, I didn't even know where Moldova was on a map and they were sending me there uh, in Bulgaria. I was like, sure. <laughs> so, so I was very, very, very fortunate, but I also believe that this was a manifestation w- this job because I was in alignment and I said, I want a job with travel and I focused on travel and it, and I was like, it could look however it's going to look, but I trusted that there's got to be a job that will incorporate some travel into it. And then it was exceeded my wildest dreams really.
1: And, and for people that wonders, uh, why am I asking those questions? What does it mean? Like seeing those kind of things, especially for recruitment, right? Uh, when, When you, when you are able to, you you don't speak their language. Right. So when you're able to connect with people as in a soul way, so you're able to connect souls, so you really mm-hmm. understand if somebody is worth of your trust. And I think this is a skill that you cannot pick up uh, in any other yes. way, or at least you have you have that, that kind of thing. And another thing that is very important is the gratitude. And I, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, and it is one of the the the, sen- the sentences that i keep impressing in my mind is gratitude that lead to happiness to happiness and not the vice versa uh, so you really if you are a college student if you are in high school and and you are thinking about your life is terrible and, and stuff like that remember that <laughs> remember that you, you should be grateful for what you have and you have thousands of opportunities and you can you can you can make your life better and you you have all the tools that you need in order to do that. Yeah. Sorry for the interjection. So No I were... love
2: that. That's such a good reminder. That is something that I took away from that time too was just to be grateful. It's like how dare you not be grateful when you start the day with a clean glass of water when you go to places like India and there's still no clean water in, in many countries there's still no clean water. Um, it's just the little things that I always used to say after that trip and just in, and from all my travels like Man, I would mandate travel if I could for American Especially American teenagers to see some of that stuff to really get a better perspective on um, just how fortunate we are Yeah,
1: and that, um, Yeah, not everybody in the first world, in America, not American Europeans right. and right uh, even yeah. going to another country Even if it's not third world, and I really need to do that. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen pop with my eyes, uh, so but I haven't seen that kind of thing, and I really want to do that. Uh, but yeah, you so you you were traveling, and uh, and then and then you got back, and you went you you went to New York. You took your things. Yeah. And you went to New York. Where were we?
2: So I came to New York. I was living in Brooklyn at the time, and I was kind of just floundering and like very. Did you find
1: a job? Did you find so... a job? How did? Why did you move?
2: Yeah. So I was lucky in that I covered 11 states with that nonprofit. Like I covered the territory. I was one of the regional managers. So I was able to do my job in New York still, so I could move here. So I saw that as like such a blessing too. to say like, okay, I can do this there. I've always wanted to live in New York. I have not, I haven't uh, just had the guts to get up and do it yet. So I, um, which also is, is a thing. I think the universe rewards bravery and there was an element of like leaving even though it's not a far move, it's any move is scary. You know, any change can be scary. So I think if you're afraid of something and you do it anyway, the universe responds to that, to that act of courage. And Hmm. Hmm. I, um, I was doing all this personal development work. You and I always talk about all these books and podcasts and things that we have been into. But I was in that time, I was like consuming a lot. And that's what helped give me the courage to say like, you can always go back to Philly, just try it. And so I went to Brooklyn and I, I, it took like a year, it took a year before I started really um, getting clear on the recruiting route. Cause at the time I was still fixated on international education and I was like, should I get my master's and do this international ed thing? And then I could see myself kind of the only option was like, Oh, you could be a director for, you know, any of the like at a college or like in these international exchange programs or Um, other nonprofits and stuff, but it's still such a niche industry and there's no guarantee that there's going to be like this great director job, like right when you want it, right when you finish your program. I thought about going to China at at the time. I was looking at international um, master's programs and MBA programs and stuff abroad because I still wanted that travel experience again. And I was looking at all of that and then I was like, "Eh," it, it was like that route or stay in or going recruiting. And I knew that recruiting, I was starting to see these recruiting jobs. Like there's so many in New York. It's like an abundant amount of jobs and there's different ways to be a recruiter. You can work at an agency, at a recruiting firm, uh, where you are, work basically working at, on commission and you are representing a lot of companies that are paying you to find their talent. So like headhunter recruiting firm, old school type of thing, or, um, or you go in-house and you work as like a recruiting coordinator for uh, J. Crew or something like that. And you kind of work your way up. And um, I knew that this avenue with agencies also combined. I had to really look at my skills. I had to look to say, what have I been doing? I was doing sales. I was doing recruiting. I, and then I'm passionate about education and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, if I do agency recruiting, there's commission potential where I can make more money. There's, um, I have the sales skills to be able to get my own clients and start, you know, like just learning that whole side of the business. And then I have, um, there's, there's options, you know, you can recruit for, I looked at recruiting the same way I decided on PR when I was in college. PR, if you're in public relations, you, you get to decide like, oh, I get to work for, you know, a company I'm passionate about or a mission I'm passionate about because every company needs some kind of PR help. Um, so then with recruiting, it was the same thing. I get to recruit for a company that I'm excited to bring people into this, these organizations, but I wound up just interviewing a lot of places. And it was definitely like, I felt the, felt the feeling of that transition of a year of like a lot of interviews, a lot of networking. I I made a goal for myself. That was like one in-person networking event per week for the year. I like to break things down into like actionable like numbers when it comes just like with sales like I like I saw the job process as like you are in a sales process now which I know Austin and a lot of these other great people that you've you've talked to on your podcast they always mention it is sales like doing the job search process you have to look at it like you're selling yourself and you're now in like a sales funnel basically so I I kind of I got that I was like okay I need one networking event per week LinkedIn did not exist like this back then. So I was not on LinkedIn at all, um, which is so crazy to think of. Um, and I, but I was just telling everybody I knew. That was the strategy. I told everyone I knew. I told all my old clients at that, the nonprofit. They were even current clients. I was still working there, but I was like planting the seed with people to say, people I was comfortable with to say, hey, I'm looking to change jobs now that I'm in New York. Do you have, um, if you hear of anything in recruiting, let me know. And when you get clear on what you want and you have an idea of what you want, you're able to clearly say that, like hush, hush, even if it's under the table. Like, hey, just so you know, I'm uh, I'm actually starting to entertain new job options in recruiting. If you know of anybody that, that needs a recruiter, let me know. Like simple, quick, you need to know what you want in order to be able to clearly, quickly express it. Right? Like if you're just like, I need a new job, that person can't help you. They're going to be like, okay, and, or, you know in what? So I, it was like, I was still kind of fl- like flirting with the international education thing, but not as much. I, it was like this or that. And then I kind of went more into this, this um, recruiting avenue. So then one client who became a friend, he wound up sitting next to a guy at a bar who worked at a recruiting firm. And he just said, oh, I have a, I have a friend of mine, I, I, through work stuff, that's looking for a recruiting job. That set me up with a conversation with him he was actually talking to me about like job placements where he could place me. But then after talking to me, he was like, you have a lot of great skills. We're hiring. So then I went to that company and I honestly did not even want to work there. I looked at, I, I told the story recently, I looked at their website and I was like, this, this does not look like a fit. Um, but I went anyway and clicked with the, one of the owners of the firm. And he told me about a role in a team that in education, educational technology did not even exist on the website. And um, this department was very like new, but um, he was like, oh, I, I need one more person. And uh, how does that sound? And I'm like, that sounds great. Cause it's education and technology, which I was like also wanting to get closer to. Um, mm-hmm. so this is like 2013. I'm like in recruiting, like you can't, tech is everything. It's starting to be everything. So um, can,
1: can you tell me? Can you tell me what, more more about the strategy you used? You said one one time a week you were going. You you said that you were going to a networking event. Yeah. And yeah.
2: one networking event a week. Um, I was still applying to just things you see, like the old school way. This is like Craigslist was still around, probably. <laughs> I don't, know, don't even remember the job boards, but I was applying to things. I was um, actively like very like diligently probably something like three per day that I was trying to get my resume out. I like, I'm a metrics person. I do like breaking it down with numbers. So just activity I was. And then with that, I started probably having one interview per week. It was like something I just remember having this like organic movement start to happen. Um, Just by breaking it down and staying consistent. I think that the micro goals are so important because When you have these goals that you set for yourself, you feel better, and when you feel better, you just like things start coming in. And I think half of the job search battle is is about feeling good because it can be so daunting. And that's why in my journey, I've become more passionate about talking about the mental health and the mindset work that comes with the job search because feeling good is a really, really, really big piece of the pie. So when you feel good, when you, when you stick to your little schedule and your micro goals. So that's why I always do those breakdowns.
1: Make it small, make it small, actionable okay. and small, smart yep. goals.
2: Smart goals. Yes, that's right.
1: All right. And then let, let, let's go, let go, let's go on. You said, you said you were, you were um, about to take the, this job in educational technology at this company, right?
2: So I took it and I did well there. I kind of killed it and um, I made money.
1: (laughs) No jokes. (laughs) I made
2: decent money there and I got some of it was like lucky breaks and some with some of my placements. I had a couple of clients that you know I was starting to understand that at the agency side, when you own the clients as well and you find the candidates for these companies, you make more money. So I was like, okay, I was really money motivated at the time to pay off. I was still paying off college, and I'll never forget it was like 2014, um, making a commission check that I paid off my student loan with. And I was like, felt so freeing. It was like, oh my God, life starts now. <laughs> life starts now. You that know? is so
1: cool, if you, if you, if, when you sign that check and you, you, now you're free and- uh,
2: You feel free, yeah. yeah. Like, and it just, that was a big lesson for me around debt and why like debt is not cool and I'm never having that again. Cause you have to make decisions Around this money and this kind of like debt that you're holding on to, and you you do become so much more empowered to, um, you know, to make better choices and stuff when you don't have all these extra things floating around. Um, it taught me a lot about uh, self love. Even like I'm learning, I'm learning so much more even in my own journey now since Facebook and since uh, just a lot of personal stuff. But I like I know that at the core. The, the leaving Philly and the doing well my first year um, at that job, the core of it was around like loving myself. And this is something that if you're in your twenties and you're listening, like it's just really important to examine because um, when you love yourself so much and so wholly and, and completely, you're not going to accept average anymore. Like you're going to get to that breaking point where you're like, I have to, I have to make some changes. You may have chapters that are like, you know, you have some debt, but ultimately you're not going to stay in debt forever. You're not going to let this keep going year to year to year to year to year. You're going to be like, F that. I need to, I need to make changes in my life because you love yourself so much that you know, you feel worthy of getting over this chapter and moving on. So a lot of it does root in self-love and it, same, I use this example recently. Like if you live in a crappy apartment with like bed bugs or cockroaches or something, you're, if you love yourself, you're going to really like, be like, this is not okay. My standards are higher than this. Like I have to make, figure this out. Um, so those are some other kinds of things that I unpacked during that whole thing. Cause it was like, resilience is something else that I know that like a, a piece of it has to do with like how resilient are you like to overcome challenge. There were a lot of challenges during the, that year of like the, the roller coaster when you're like soul searching and interviewing and then you, you get the new job and then you want to kill it in the new job. And then after three years, I was also in another phase of like, what now? I've been at this job for three years. And I had my eyes set on like a tech company, like a Facebook or a LinkedIn. Um, so then it starts a whole nother wave of what do you feel worthy of? like, are you ready to go for the big, the big leagues? <laughs> or are you going to just keep saying in, in, you know, something that you're not fully fulfilled in now again? So um,
1: can we go? So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. let's, let, let, let's start, let's <laughs> start now the real podcast. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit more about that mindset, that <laughs> that mindset work that you need to have, especially if you, if you were in your 20s, right? You yeah. want, you, 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 and you have, everything that you know right now uh, yeah, what I'm would like, you suggest to those guys yeah to I me so. right what would you suggest to, to to me job search and going into those kind of things but what would you suggest yeah. Chris? what is the thing that really matters
2: I think honestly Jonathan Tester's interview with you summed up so much like we, we're very aligned and I, I would definitely encourage anyone to go check that one out too because so much is it, he, he dropped so many like nuggets that I fully agree with so I don't want to repeat things but for someone in their 20s, I think he says like um, your career success is like basically it's, it's very connected to how well you know yourself. So un- getting to know yourself and understanding and unpacking your, who you are, what you want, why you want it. The why is the most important part in um, getting to the root of like why you want whatever it is. You're now having your eyes set on like for me with Facebook, LinkedIn. Why do I want it? Yes, I want the growth potential. Yes, I want to learn from smart people. Yes, I want to make more money. Yes, I want like a four hundred one k. Yes, I want like the the normal the perks and all that stuff. But I, and I also want like just uh, the the resume stability that's going to be great for the resume long term and all these other like you know logical things. But the core of why I wanted that was. I was really that growth piece and the challenge to say to see if for myself if if I am good enough or if I could make it in that kind of company because I am competitive with myself, but I also had my own insecurities around it, just like anyone you know a lot of people get into Facebook and Google and stuff and they have a lot of like imposter syndrome creeps up because these companies have been idolized for so long. Then when you get there, you're like, crap, am I even worthy of being here? There's a lot of friggin' smart people. <laughs> so uh, so I kind of wanted to, I saw it as a test um, to see if I was even like capable of doing well slash really worthy of it. And then that's been a whole other journey of unpacking since being there. Say, of course I am. It's just a company like anywhere else. It's no different. It's no better. And I am here to say that. It's a great company and there's a lot of great things about it, but it there's there's a lot of great startups too. There's a lot of great all kinds of companies. There's great mission-driven nonprofits, um, government agencies. There's so many cool jobs out there. And my first job showed me that there's jobs that you don't, you don't even have any idea they exist. Like the, a nonprofit program manager for a cultural exchange program that's going to send you around the world to 30 countries. I didn't know that crap existed. <laughs> so there's so many jobs still that we don't even know are out there. Um, so you have to kind of have that, that faith as well. Say like, okay, I, I do trust that there's like there's cool stuff out there. It's not just these top tech companies. That's something I would tell a lot of young people seem to fixate on that. They want the resume job, like, so, like, the perfect resume thing, which I, I really respect because it is important to, um, it is it is good for your resume to get these, like, well-named companies and stuff for the long term. But it's more important to figure out who you are. I think that's, in your 20s, like, more important because that's setting you up for more success for beyond work. This is for love, for Um, your family relationships, for everything else is like, who are you and why do you want what you want? So getting a journal and just starting to do like, I like the easiest way I do mindset work now, which I would tell anyone in their twenties to, to maybe try is I will pick a word of like a word of something that intuitively comes to me. For instance, yesterday it was like trust. And I was, and then I'll just go deep into just journaling on trust. Like who do I trust? And I'll think about I'll think about people in my life. Who do I trust? And then honestly, yesterday, this is crazy. I had, and mind you, I've worked with like a lot of coaches myself and I've started a coaching business doing career coaching, mindset coaching. So this is the kind of activity I would do with a client and I've done with my coaches. But um, it's a really simple way to just like kind of get to know yourself better. And I treat it kind of like in a sacred way too, of like taking myself on a date almost (laughs) of like, let me, journal time is like me time. I'll like reflect on my day, or I will do some gratitude stuff and just journal on gratitude, or I'll like pick a word, like the trust one. Who do I trust and why? And how does it feel in my body to trust them? How does it feel for me to like my, there's only one person that came to my mind yesterday when I did this trust exercise fully. Who do I fully trust with my life, with my feelings, with my, all the things, it's my best friend in Florida. And she's been my best friend. We met through that nonprofit job like years ago. And, and she's been my best friend ever since. And, um, but then I thought about why is she the only one? Like what, what guards do I have up? What walls do I have up that I only trust her with all those things? And then, and then the next layer is like, do I trust myself? Like you, you, you start to get really deep with that. And the trust for yourself is important in a job search because you have to trust that you're going to show up that you're gonna do the, do the activities, breaking it all down, the networking, sticking to your plan. Um, you have to trust that you are going to prep well for the interviews, that you're going to, um, even when you get the job, that you're gonna actually you know, continue to show up. So trust is like, there's a lot to unpack with that. And it just starts with one word and I just start free flowing. But it's, a, it's almost like a date with myself. It's getting like having sacred time to like just reflect. And I think self-awareness is our superpower. It, it, it is the modern superpower because a lot of people are not self-aware. So when you can have, what self-awareness actually is, is, is almost like radical self-honesty. It's being so honest with yourself. And Jonathan touched on this too. Like we, there's a, there's a good side of us and then there's an ugly side. We're perfectly imperfect human beings. Like we're flawed, we are, we are imperfect. Um, And with that, we're also amazing and perfect at the same time. So when you can shine light onto that dark stuff, though, and own it, that's how you bring awareness to to the situation and say, okay, then uh, this is how I can become a better person, a better employee, a better partner, a better lover, a better, all the things when you get honest with yourself. Um, so self-awareness, self-honesty is like the key that like, if I knew that, if I really looked at that in my twenties, I feel like that would have been a game changer. So it's something I tell a lot of people, kids in their twenties, <laughs> like look at, uh, treat self-awareness as a superpower. Stop lying to yourself. Like just stop lying to yourself because we've been conditioned to do that for our whole lives. We all lie to each other. We lie to ourselves. We lie to each other. We don't even notice it because it's just so it's like the pleasantries and being cordial and being nice. And it's like, we say yes to doing things we don't wanna do all the time. We, that's a form of lying. Hey, hey, do you wanna um, meet up for this thing or do, or go on the second date when you actually kind of don't want to? And you say yes, <laughs> then you wind up resenting that person for low key without even realizing it, you're resenting them because you've said yes to, um, you know, hanging out with them. you not want. Doing things you don't wanna do. Honesty. So, at the root of everything, the journaling time is about just getting honest with yourself. That was a long yeah. rant.
1: <laughs> no, that, that was and that was very, very, very important. Even for, and I'm gonna ask you later on. But there is there is one thing even that I was thinking about still in these days. I'm doing a lot of thinking in these days, and <laughs> it is, it is some, Sometimes you gotta look inside, right? And uh, stop looking outside. Stop. Stop looking outside and start looking inside, and start really focusing on what's inside. One thing, one tool that I really, um, I'm really into is meditation, and mm-hmm. and why are people the why people cannot go into meditation because they are not used to look inside and to really trust the process and look inside of themselves and try to stop and reflect right? And um, this is very important. So how would you start, right? You see, if somebody is, they never, they never heard about those things. How would you start? What, what, were? Give me some strategies, some tips and tricks uh, for, for how would you start doing this self-learning process, this self-development process that yeah. is so important.
2: For me, it's, um, there are so many tools and modalities and things to do. So it does get overwhelming because you kind of don't really know um, where to start. And I think even for where to start, that can be very like different and individual. Like, it's just, there's so much out there. I think the biggest thing is in the journaling. I think that's always a the good tool. I also just really do still love the, all the self-help books, like, um, for girls in their twenties, I'll say like the, the, the mainstream ones of like you are a Badass" by Jen Sincero and a lot of those books are like really good places to start and treat, Uh, I'm a big fan of Audible. So I think like listening to self-help books while you're doing other things, while you're running, while you're cooking, putting on makeup, whatever. I think that that's really, um, used to be in the car. They used to call it like drive time university. But just like now it's like walking, you know, go for a walk. It's what we can do during COVID. Like go for a walk and listen to that. For guys, I love love more like the tough lovey type of stuff. Like Gary John Bishop, Stop doing that shit. <laughs> uh, the hmm. self-sabotage book. Um, the David Goggins Can't Hurt Me. Um, some of those more intense energy. And I like those for women as well. So I think the self-help world is worth exploring. Um, it's on my list to make a, a list of like the best ones for job seekers that are relevant for like transition times. Um, for
1: job seekers, but for somebody that is searching for them. So some, somebody that is at the, at the peak and they, and they see that, during these challenging times, this is you need to be tough, mentally very tough, and you are at, at, at a point where you feel that you are in a place that, in a dark place and you really want to see some light yeah. what, what, what are the resources you w- you will start following that clicked in order to click to have that click and, and then you can go into the world because the world is so vast and so uh, big. That you-
2: um, there, well you nailed it with meditation there 's three actually three tools to start the self-help journey and also just like the mindfulness journey and one is meditation. Um, and, and people think meditation is supposed to be this like, you know, like crazy experience right away. It's really just quieting your mind so that you can hear yourself more clearly and it, it, it is an experience that you have walking meditations, guided meditations, mantra-based meditations, all affirmation of so many different types, or you literally just close your eyes and sit still. And yeah. um, and if you think you,
1: it's easy, and if you think it's easy, try that. And then let me know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I think it really exposes like, how much we're so used to stimulation. Like if you can't even go one minute without being like, Oh, I need to reach for my phone. This is an indication of you need meditation even more. The people that are always like, I can't, I can't meditate. I don't have time to meditate. I'm like, honey, you, you need it more than the, than anyone. If you can say, I don't have 10 minutes to meditate. You're we three hours. That, yeah. We need that even more um, to quiet the mind. Cause you're too busy. We need to quiet the mind. And it's, uh, mind, I I meditated for 11 months straight before I felt that, like, spiritual connection and that, like, what would be kind of classified as, like, the runner's high, too. Like, you know, when you're in a runner, I never got the runner's high. Um, But my dad does, and, like, a bunch of people I know, they have experienced that. So it's, like, that meditative kind of inflow um, state. I, For me, it took, like, 11 months of doing that when I had that experience first with meditation. And now I have it often, um, that just, like, inflow connected to, to something much bigger experience. So with that, I, I always say find a meditation that works for, you, even if it's five minutes a day, just a morning positive affirmation meditation on YouTube. There's so many, um, but just try many different things till you see if something clicks and the goal is to just witness your thoughts and like, let them keep going. Not, um, and you're the one who started calling me the woo-woo recruiter or like the Zen recruiter. <laughs> um, is that know,
1: Nikki woo da and the Zen yeah. recruiter? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Woo Woo-Wooda. <laughs> um, because I do believe so much in this like mind-body-spirit connection to, to work and to, the, uh, to life. Like it's just it, all of this. It starts with this and then it trickles into your job search and everything else. So meditation is one for sure. Um Another one that I've recently gotten into that I recommend a lot is breath work because we don't really know how to breathe right like I think that this is something that's like kind of new to me, but I think it's, it's very interesting and I've had some transformative experiences with breath work because it's just it's um you're breathing in these different ways there's like the three 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 method or like there's just so many different types of breath work too or um you're just feeling your body more. You're just getting more connected and you're doing these different things that tap into different parts of your brain, which is super interesting. Um, and so I would definitely always say, look into breath work as well, especially if you have anxiety. If you have, I have a quite a few friends right now that they suffer with um, anxiety, ADHD and that kind of stuff. And they are, say that breath work is saving their life and changing their life. So breath is another tool for the self-help stuff, especially during these times. Um, and then finally, the last one that, that I often say, too, is uh, this is inspired by Gabby Bernstein, who's kind of like a, an author and mentor to me. Um, it's being of service to others. Like if you're feeling crappy, like the easiest way out of it is to say, who can I help today? And it's crazy how, how subtle that shift can be, but it's still powerful to say like, oh, I'm in a job search and I'm freaking sick of looking for a job, but who can I help today with their job search? Or what, what kind of uplifting posts can I create on social media or who, who can I call Like What friend can I call or my grandmother or whoever, who can I be uplifting to? That's another one that I think in, in your job search can help you so much with feeling better, just feeling better. So who can I serve today? Who can I be uplifting to today? Like even you with this podcast, like this is, has the opportunity to help people and you never know who's gonna be that one person that's like, oh, I needed that message today. So you may not feel like doing a podcast episode, but when you think of the bigger picture of like, this is about serving others. This isn't about me. Um, that's another tool um, that's not really intuitive to, to most people, but it's like, when you start doing that, you feel better. And it's so important these days to feel good.
1: Yeah. And you can notice that all the, everything that you, you had told me so far, nothing has to do with specific, specific things, technical things, but it is about you and yourself and, and try to understand who you are and try to go on that journey to, to really center your attention, center your focus, not what you want to do in order to eliminate all the noise there is around in
2: the world right
1: and this is coming from somebody that's recruiting for the biggest tech company in the world or not the biggest but one of the biggest tech companies so how important is is that kind of self self development and and understand who you are this is very important right
2: well i do want to talk about awareness and um awareness is something that there's a self awareness which is so important um to do this inner work but Then I have this, this method for transformation, you've seen it. Probably it's on my YouTube and on my, I talk about it on LinkedIn. It's on my profile, like a three-step process for transformation. If you are in a space where you're ready to like change jobs, transform in any way. It's, I break it down into like the AAA method. And the first step is awareness. And, um, second step is acceptance, like accepting you first, you get aware of what's going on and uncover the things that need fixing which could be to your point, a lack of skills. Like you, you have to get aware that like, if I'm applying for all of these data science jobs, but I'm really still intermediate with SQL and Python or whatever, I have to get honest with myself and get aware that like I may need to do like a boot camp or two and really go all in on my skills. So the skills piece is still wildly important. And that comes with the awareness. You have to get really radically honest with where you're at. Um, like for me as even in PR, uh, back in the day when I was doing that, I remember having to get aware with the fact that like, I hated writing press releases. Like I'm over here with a PR degree and like writing is a big part of PR and I like writing, but like my own style of writing, not press releases are a very specific style back then anyway. Um, and I was like, God, this is going to be my life. <laughs> How is this going to be my life? You know, I like people. I like talking to people. I get energy from talking to people. Why, how, how am I going to be writing these, these press releases all day long? So awareness is key um, to, shine, to shine the light on what you like, what you don't like, but also what you're good at and what you're not good at. If you do want the data science job and you do like the coding, but you're, you're not getting past the technical rounds of interviews, you have to then move into the second step is accept it. You have to accept where you're at and forgive yourself. One of my biggest tips for self-help work is forgiving yourself fast. Forgive yourself fast because the sooner you can bring that awareness but then also accept where you're at and forgive yourself for maybe goofing off during those college classes where you should have been doing more coding or um, staying in a job too long when you know you should have left or staying in a relationship too long when you know you should have left. Forgiveness is the, is the biggest gift you can give yourself. The biggest gift you can give yourself is to forgive yourself as quickly as possible for any mistakes, because these are lessons. We are here. I call it earth school. We are here on earth school um, to learn these lessons. And forgiveness is one of the biggest lessons next to unconditional love. And it goes so closely with unconditional love. When you love yourself without any conditions, not if you get the Facebook job, not if you or become a master Python user <laughs> for loving yourself without any conditions, loving yourself exactly where you are today is a, is the biggest gift you can give yourself also. But when you forgive fast, then you can move into the third step of the AAA method, which is action. It's taking the aligned action. So part of your plan, it might be to like have these networking conversations apply to X amount of jobs per day, but also like by September 1st, I'm going to have finished this coding program or whatever. Like you you make some strategic action moves to fix whatever you've uncovered. Only you can figure out and know how what the pieces are of the puzzle. It's kind of like this big puzzle that you're trying to put together to say, okay, well this is missing this piece and this is missing this and how can I now combine it all together and put myself in a better state. Where then by October, I'm going to feel better knowing I gave it my all. If you know awareness, awareness is big, again, for especially if you're in your 20s. And I did want to go deeper on this because I don't feel like I've been clear enough about it lately. Like getting aware that you are not great at interviewing. Guess what? You and like 99% of other people. <laughs> so like, interviewing is a whole separate skill to get experience in. And we don't do it very often. We only do it every couple of years or whatever. So we don't, we don't really have experience in it. So it's hard to sharpen a skill when you're not doing it very often. So if you shine awareness to say, I'm, I'm pretty mediocre at interviewing. Then you accept it. Like, this is cool. It's fine. Haven't done it very much. Then you can take aligned action is the next step to say, oh, now I'm going to set up 20 mock interviews in a 30 day period, 20, 30 minute mock interviews with people that are like kind of like strangers i always recommend like strangers or like friends acquaintances or hr friends or whoever you know but people that do hiring but like a mix of people that that are not going to just like fluff around with it and lie to you about how you do people that are going to be honest people that are going to give you feedback it's going to be uncomfortable but you'd rather be uncomfortable with them than uncomfortable in the actual real real life interviews So getting aware is going to help you uncover the skills that you do need to sharpen, you know, and and things you need to work on. Um, That's a big one. The the AAA method is like really big to me because it's a simple framework that anyone can apply to any area of life that you want to change job searching and all that. No different. Um, Love awareness. Where have I been showing up as a crappy partner? Where do, do I say I want a guy who is blah, 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 but then when he shows up, I actually witness that I am afraid of blah, 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 Like there's so many layers of this awareness that can apply to every area of life. And then you accept it. You accept that like, hmm, I thought I was ready for a guy who's like super intellectual and, and doing all these amazing business ventures. And then when it's in front of me, I'm like, oh, you're like too successful for me. You know, this stuff <laughs> happens. Because um, we think we want... Prince Charming with all the amazing things, or for you guys, for women, you think you want the hot girl who is, um, you know, also smart and driven, and, but what, how does that look when she's not available, because she's busy, because she's running, you know, building a business, or doing other stuff, how does it feel when she's only available one day a week, and you're used to the girls that don't have anything going on, so they're available to talk to you all day, and, you know, they're available to hang out three or four times a week, so, How does it show up in every area? And then how do you accept where you're at and accept with our own insecurities that come up along the way? Then aligned action with the dating. You could say, okay, I'm going to actually feel into this. I'm going to date this super busy person and respect where her schedule or his schedule is and respect where they're at and accept them for where they're at and see how it feels for me for the next like month or two to actually feel into it and try this and take aligned action to be like a respectful partner who's like, you know respecting their schedule and all that so it shows up everywhere <laughs> long story short it shows up everywhere when you are overly self-aware it becomes a, a superpower and then you have to accept it and then take take better actions
1: yeah <laughs> nothing to say about that that is great and even because you you, you understand you take action and that is a very important the, the last part is taking action very important part because only by action and by experience you understand Eventually, what what you really like or not, you you can pretend that you like the super busy model that is running a business and doing scientific work. But then, if if you are actually are in that kind of situation, you don't like it, and or maybe you still like it, but it is not exactly what you need. That exactly. is. That is not good. Okay, yeah, so we don't another
2: have. Another example, real quick, with that is like if you want somebody who's like a traveler too. I'm like, oh, I'm a traveler. I want somebody who loves traveling. Then when they're traveling all the time, how do you feel when you're not with them? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's just so many little ways it shows up. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta really understand yourself before before trying to. And I know that the, the, maybe this is for an, another time that we talk. We we can talk about the relation between dating and and a job search. Yeah, yeah, that could be
2: a whole other. episode. <laughs>
1: Exactly, so yeah, I don't want to get into that now, so since we don't
0: have a lot of time, yeah. I want to ask you a couple of uh resources or um, books resources
1: or 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 techniques that you would recommend yeah. to, especially to students in recent grads right
2: yeah, I do want to close with kind of like a um what I'll give you is it's not really resources as much as it's like three concepts or, or mantras, <laughs> um, right. that I think are really like, I wish, I just really wish like, if I could go back in time, these were, these would be things that I wish I knew in my twenties. Um, one is, well, I think that that forgive yourself fast is like a really big tip, but another, another concept is this idea. And I don't remember who said it, what, what author or like old author is like really famous is the only way out is through. Um, and what's happening now is a lot of people are with, with COVID and all the changes and, and everything. I mean, this podcast is called Now What? Because there's like, it's like, now what? <laughs> like, what do we do now? <laughs>
0: exactly. Now
2: we have an opportunity to actually go through our, and, and have crazy breakthroughs um, in order to get out of this on the other side. The only way is to go through it. And what, what most people have done for literally our whole lives, we're following our, our parents' bad behaviors and patterns too. And and so on. And in school, they just don't teach this stuff. It's like this numbing out, like people numb out to, uh, with Netflix, you numb out with, um, you numb out with whatever, whatever
1: your Netflix, Instagram. Instagram,
2: food, food is a numbing thing. Um, Instagram, social media, like all of these things are kind of designed in a way to numb you out, Um, which has its place. It has its place to still have fun and still have, you know, escapism in a way, but just consciously to know that you're doing it in a way that is like to feed your soul or to take a break and not to just, we're all guilty of, of like the mindless scrolling. Sometimes even on LinkedIn, we think it's, you know, it's like a, it's a professional site and it feels productive, but like if you're not on there strategically and if, if it's if it's taking time that you didn't want it to take, we have to be honest with ourselves. This time with COVID is is uh, and, and just all the changes in the world, it's it's definitely an opportunity to um, to go through it and to feel the feelings. When you're if you're feeling fear, anxiety, and all these different things, as the mindset coach in me says, like you gotta feel it. You gotta feel into it and expose it and work through it, and that's how you get through on the other side. Because the triggers, all the things that are triggering you, whether it's through uh, politics and um, Black Lives Matter and the unemployment and like the crazy news and cycles and stuff, it's all exposing areas in your life where you may need some healing. So be mindful of it and go feel the feels, basically. It's like, don't numb out. Hashtag. don't don't numb out (laughs) to this right now. Um, Don't let time go by. I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, we should be using COVID to learn 10 languages and do, um, to do, you know, be super productive, even though, yes, we're home more, if we should do some positive things like that. However, I'm more about like, use this time to journal, to do the inner work, Um, even if it's 10, 20 minutes a day. um, Don't numb out through like another episode of Netflix, like take this time to really, to just do the exploration. It's so powerful. And then, um, and again, like I said, the only way out of this is through it. Like if you're uncomfortable, you don't wanna be still in the same boat like a year or two from now. You really want to feel it now and it's gonna suck. Sometimes the inner work sucks big time. Um, Sometimes like the deep, the deep mindset work and all that. Um, there's a place for like the positive stuff where you're just like, oh, woo woo, like, oh, like life is great. And there's a place for like reframing negatives into positives. And, um, there's definitely that time for that, but then there's also time for the deeper exploration and and the sucky stuff to say like, okay, this is going to feel really crappy. And I can't woo woo. I can't positive affirmation over some of these things. Like I got a job rejected from a job. It really freaking stings at the same time. my, My boyfriend's breaking up with me and all this other stuff. Like, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? How do I how do I embrace this feeling and, and really accept that all human emotion is beautiful. It really is. And I, this sounds a little like fluffy, but it's honestly, yeah. when you really sit with sadness and grief and despair, it's like, Oh my God, the human capacity to feel is like such a beautiful thing. So there's that. And then another, like the final thought is, um, as a mantra or a thing to add on, I got from another one of my mentors, Kyle Cease, who is like a former stand-up comedian turned like spiritual gangster, like self-help guy. And he's so amazing, but he adds on to everything. um, I think it was him that that said that he he adds on. And I love that to like everything that happens to his life. Like girlfriend broke up with me and I love that. My mom died. (laughs) My mom, I even said this to someone recently, like my mom died and I love that because now I'm able to really feel levels of, independence and separation and closure on an understanding of, of spirituality and of death and life and pain and loss and all these different things on a way that I would never have experienced or maybe I would have when I'm like 60 or whatever if she's if she lives longer but like to feel these things now I'm going to be able to empathize more with other people going through different things so My mom died and I love that. My job laid me off. And I love that. The boy dumped me. And I love that. Like, how do you just love, and this is like some stoicism and some, you know, it's like, how do you just really tune in and start to like love all the experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly happening to you. You do this inner work and you just reframe it, but you also just feel into it. You can't just like fluff over it. You have to feel it. That's my thing. And I love that. Don't numb out during this time, try not to numb out. And, um, Go through it just just go through it because it's so beautiful on the other side after you've gone through and really felt your feelings for the first time and if you're really unsure where to start you know there's therapy like this is why therapy and and, talk space headspace with these apps and stuff they're like amazing for people who never did therapy before but you can chat with someone or you can get on a facetime with someone from your house and it's not as complicated of a process but therapy if you've never done any mindset work but you're feeling a little stuck or you're feeling Work with a coach. Work with a therapist. Just try new things. Try to get over any resistance. If you feel resistance to any of this stuff we've talked about, try to feel into that because if where there's resistance, maybe that's something to work through too. <laughs> so, those would be my my tips. My final tips.
1: And those are great. And and get help. Everything is doing by by other by other people. Achieving with other people as well. You cannot you cannot do everything by yourself. You gotta you gotta build. And you got to, you got to feel, yeah, you gotta, you got to feel the presence think, in the network.
2: Even you, like, like your energy and like where you're at compared to when we first started talking. It's like you, you have this like Zen energy too. That's like, <laughs> and I think it's a test, testimony of your inner work and your ability to dive deep um, with yourself and read the self-help books and get into meditation and, and network and meet new people. But it's also because you're moving into an alignment and you're, you're adding value to people and you are feeling like you are, that's what we're here for. You know, it's like really, it's what most of us are here for. It's like to find our, our callings and to find, um, find that thing that clicks that makes you just feel better. And when you do that, magic unfolds. <laughs> magic starts to unfold. And I feel your energy shift too, even from where, from where you are. So I just want to honor you for that.
1: Thank you. And so start from yourself in order to go and conquer the world after that. I think this is the kind of message that we have been given the, yeah. whole, the whole episode. And I, and I love that. And, I really uh, love. And, yeah. and go conquer the world. And I love that.
2: And I love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. It was wonderful talking to you. And I think we need to book the next episode. We need to book like, at least two or three hours, right?
2: yeah we're, we we can keep it going it's like how do you condense like all of our chats and stuff it's definitely crazy um but yeah we we definitely need a we need a part two
1: <laughs> and we're gonna go get a part two thank you Nikki. Okay,
2: thank you
0: and there you have it episode number 15 of now what a couple of things that i wanted to remind you before you go away the first one is you can reach out to nikki on linkedin on youtube she has an email newsletter that you can subscribe to where she shared tips and strategies and everything you might need as a job seeker or as a want to be top performer as well it is one of the few email newsletter that i subscribe to And I constantly read. So thank you, Nikki, for that. Uh, A couple of things on my head. Please join our Slack community. You're going to have the link to join in the show notes. You can find them wherever you're listening to. Uh, Check us out on LinkedIn. Check me out on LinkedIn. Check us out on Instagram. You will find all the links in the show notes below. So as always, thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode.